Hello, everybody! Welcome back to a whole new episode of It Is All Geek To Me, a podcast where we discuss anything and everything geek-related. I'm Tim. And I'm Trey. And today we are jumping into one of the most geekiest of geeky things, and that is Dungeons & Dragons. And we're talking about some of our classes, races, and characters that we've created. So stick with us, because you know, it's all D&D to me. If it's a comic book or a comic movie, it's all geek to me. If it's some sort of game or a show on TV, it's all geek to me. Alright, so we've done one episode so far on D&D and just kind of our our thoughts on D&D. Today we are jumping into the actual meat, I would say, of what makes Dungeons & Dragons Dungeons & Dragons. And that is, who do you want to play? And character creation, basically. Which is honestly some of my favorite part about D&D. Like, I love character creation, and like I have a whole notes on my phone that is just <laughs> filled with character ideas and character creation things. And oh, dude, I have to actually like end up. I delete certain characters off of it because I'm like, I'm never gonna play all these. Like yeah. I need to get rid of these. And so because I keep coming up with new ideas, and or I see things, I'm like, oh, that's so fun. I want to do something like that. There's so many people that I see on Reddit and D and D Beyond like forums that they're like, oh. I have so many characters that I can't play. So here's the characters for you to play them. And so they just release them to other people. It's like, hey, here's an idea for you. Which um, I love that. It's so, that's so dope. Yeah. And I know you and me have very, I won't say very different views on character creation, but we both go about character creation, I think, a little bit differently with me being a DM and you being a player most of the time. Yeah. Um. I finally am stepping into the role of a player and I'm slowly getting more of that type of character creation. But a lot of my creation of characters are never like skill-based or like dice rolls or anything like that because I'm creating NPCs a lot. And on top of that, a lot of times I'm helping my players develop backstories and so I'm a I'm a part of those character creations, but I'm never like the sole person. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, that does make sense. I mean i I don't make my character off of my um, off of my dice rolls. Um, I don't. I I'm sure there are people out there that do that. They'll, they'll roll their stats, and then depending on you know where they're placing their stats or what numbers they roll, they'll then create. Yeah. The well, character think, around that. I think I meant more like they create a character in order to be powerful. Like they're they're not thinking oh. backstory based character creation. They're thinking yeah class based character creation. Yeah, and I think I honestly like when it comes to like character creation. I think that's kind of where most people start when it's when it, when they start playing D anD D for the first time. Absolutely. You know, they're like, oh, how can I? And I definitely, I definitely did that. And I, I'm a little ashamed to say. I fudged some roles when I first started playing because I wanted to make it a fun character. I want to make it a powerful character. <laughs> Not I with me, I think right? I did like, I'm trying to remember. I did, I think I did like once or twice just in general. So I'm trying to remember when I did. I've made so many characters, um, <laughs> but I'm, I I don't I don't remember for sure. I might have, and I apologize for that. Because um, like I I wanted to make it where his character was good. You know, and it was like all crappy roles, and I was like, I just need, to make, I just need one good stat. You know, <laughs> um, and so I'm ashamed to say that's what I did. But I like, I get that when you first start off, you want to feel powerful. You know, you want to feel like you're like, you know, a god among men. You know, like you want to feel like you can go into any fight and destroy anyone because that's kind of what you start playing D and D with. You know, so you just start doing yeah. that min maxing. Right, like, oh, I don't need charisma, so that's gonna be a really crappy stat. And I'm gonna make this one stat amazing, 
because, you know, I'm going to max this out, min this, and, you know, you do that min-maxing thing. And backstory doesn't really matter as much because you're not really into that side of it. But then yeah. as you develop as a player and as even just a play, like a not necessarily a player in D&D, but just a, a person playing D&D, you then realize that it's more about the story. And those cool moments are awesome, but the story is fun and, and can be just as fun as those cool moments. Sometimes those cool moments are cooler when your character like does something that totally their personality, totally their character goes with their backstory and it kind of flows with it instead exactly. of I just hit very well and hard. And so I'm going to kill this thing. Like, yeah, there are yeah. times and places for those type of stories. Cause they make dungeon crawls for, um, for D and D like dungeon of the mad mage is a complete dungeon crawl. If mm-hmm. that's what your group wants to do, create the most powerful characters don't need a backstory jump right in yeah but i know with us we typically play through more story driven type stuff yeah and i don't think there's anything wrong going either way let me preface that there's nothing wrong with making a min max character no like if that's what you're into have fun and that's the best part about DD is like you get to do whatever you want yeah and so i like i love having now that i've you know i've grown as a player and one would say um, not necessarily grown as a player. I just, you know, changed what I'm into and in, within yeah. <laughs> D&D. Uh, like, I'm, I definitely, I will write a backstory first before I even think of class or race. Yeah. Or even like, you know, what I, like anything with stats. You know, stats will be the very last thing I'll do. And I'll like, I'll definitely put my stats in like, if I'm a fighter that uses, you know, a sword, I'll make sure strength is a good stat for, of mine. But I won't like fudge any rolls, but I'll like, make sure out of my six rolls, okay, I have a 14 is my highest. All right, I'm going to put that in strength because I'm a fighter. So I need to have some good strength. So that's what I'll do. But I won't like, Yeah, I don't think of stats when I'm thinking of what character I want to play as. If and that that's, something, that's something that I talk to my players a lot when I finally felt like I was actually like, you know, a seasoned dm i'm not seasoned by any means i mean like after the first campaign that kind of crashed and burned that i've done is one of those things i was like when i start a campaign i want all the characters to kind of be fleshed out in a way but not for my sake but for their sake for the players because honestly i've realized that there are some times when you make a character that you really are not into you can tell yeah and something I tell my players a lot are let's create a character that's based off of backstory. Like what do you want your character's goals to be first? And let's mm-hmm. go down from there because then if you're interested and intrigued with the goals, you're going to want to play that character. Exactly. And it's not the and other I, way around. No, not at all. And that's something I try to do with my characters now is I try to make a, a short term, a medium, and then a long term goal. So that way, like, I'm like, okay, obviously, like, I'm not showing up at this town because I need to kill this person. No, like, that's that's a long-term goal is I need to kill this, kill this person to avenge my family. That's my long-term goal. But I need to do short-step goals or short-term goals to get to that long-term goal. So exactly. maybe I'm showing up at this town because I heard there was a rumor to my family, you know, my family's sword that I need to find to kill this person. So yeah. I'm going to this town to, you know, hunt down the rumor and then eventually, you know, which is my short, short-term goal, long, medium-term goal, find the sword, long-term goal, avenge my family. So it's all connected, all, you know, putting myself, you know, okay, I need to do this because I'm, do, I'm eventually going to get to this point, which, you know, also helps you with character, you know, motivations of like, mm-hmm. okay, why would, would I, why would I do this? Well, does this affect my goals? Does this affect this? Does it do this? which helps have a fleshed out character to do. And I think another thing that I I like to do with my characters and I try to encourage with my players is flaws. Like Mm, there's a lot of players that I know, especially new players that they're like, no, I want my character to be powerful. They don't have flaws. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's, that's okay. If like you're a new player and all that, but sometimes I feel like flaws makes my characters more interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, 
and they can be anything as in like they have a lisp or they uh, will never back down from a fight or Mm -hmm. like something unique that if it comes up, like you have to play it that way. Like play it the way your character would play it. Um, Right now I'm playing a character who is just very patient. He's very just kind of go with it. If it's not really that like important or pertinent, like he's going to just take his time. Mm-hmm. And that can be detrimental. Like I played where <laughs> there is a fight happening in the other room. Honestly, he might have heard the things going on, but it wasn't his fight to have. So he just kind of walked to it. He didn't, he took his 30 feet, but he didn't dash or anything. He didn't take any other actions. He's just, I'm going to go my 30 feet and I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> See, that's fun. I've I've always wanted to play a character who's a gambling addict. Okay. Um, and I, I just think that'd be so much fun. Just like every time he gets money, he can't help but gamble it away. Or like, you know, and maybe he'll win, but he can't help but keep gambling. Um, and like, I think that would tie, like be a really fun flaw that would actually tie into his backstory of like, there are bookies that are hunting him down, you know, because they owe him money. Like, you know, they owe him. And so I think that'd be so much fun to that do. And so cool. like, like every time you're in a town, he goes to the tavern and tries to play dice or he tries to play, you know, whatever card game or darts or, or whatever games they have to gamble with. Like, I just think that'd be such a fun character, like flaw and character backstory that I haven't gotten to do yet. Um, but I think it'd be so much fun to do a gambling addict. Oh yeah. And so talking about character creation, then the, the big thing is class. So I know we just mm-hmm. talked about how, how we do backstory first and then we kind of figure out what class would actually like kind of mesh well with it. Or at least sometimes I do that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are like times where I'm like, Ooh, I really want to play as this class. Exactly. So I'm going to mold a backstory that fits that class. That's, you know, the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I've done both. Uh, I don't think there's a wrong way to do either. But if you were to pick classes, if you were to like just right now say, I'm going to create a character on the fly. You're playing in an hour. You don't have a character ready. What class would you like? What's your go-to class? Ooh, so I have a couple of my go-to classes. And I think the reason these are my go-to classes, these are some of the first classes I actually played. Like full, like not necessarily full campaigns, but played a lot of time in. Uh, okay. My first class I ever played as was a fighter. So okay. I what played type? as a fighter. Yeah. Remember? Uh, it was an Eldritch Knight uh, was okay. the subclass. Yeah. And so I just, I thought it was the best of both of like, you get the the martial archetypes, not archetypes, but you get the martial f- like fighting. And like, so you get to be, you know, sword shield or whatever you want to like, you're a, you know, rough and tumble fighter guy, you know? <laughs> and then you also, the Eldritch Knight gets magic. So you get yeah, some spell casting. And so it's a fun little combination of like you get swords and you get to be a, you know, a in the fray tank fighter, but you also get to use some magic. And so that adds a fun little, like, um, fun little like combination of both. And so that, and the, that was really fun for me when I first started playing. Cause I got a little bit of both worlds of both, you know, martial and magic. And yeah. so that was dope. So that was one of my first things. So I, like if I had to make a class, I'd probably go um, one of the, probably maybe go that. Um, I have a couple other ones, but what's what's one of yours? One of my go-tos, if I had to just, boom, playing in an hour, had to pick something real quick, probably would go cleric because they're really easy to kind of build something around they're very like there's so many different domains yeah. like you can pick something and just go with it cleric is fun however if i had to pick like my favorite that i'm like this is going to be really fun i want to get something like on the table quickly i would go wizard i mm. really enjoyed the wizard class yeah wizards are fun but like what's hard for me for wizards is like i don't play magic users very often in D D. And so every time I play magic user, I have to review like, all right, how do they do magic again? <laughs> yeah. Because each of the magic users use a very different, like they're different styles for yeah. magic. And so like wizard is very like, you have this amount of spells, spell slots and this amount of spells. And that's how you do it. And then you have like warlocks, which are like, you have like one spell slot 
but you have this many spells and a ton of cantrips or like you know they all have different systems yeah. of like invocations different tweaks and like all these different like minute details with each of the the magic user classes and so i always have to review of like okay how do you do this again <laughs> yeah so, and then I, honestly sorcerers are the even the weirdest ones because they have yeah. all the sorcery points yeah. and like the way that they do spell casting is interesting I always hated sorcerers until I finally played one and I was like, oh no, this is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, sorcerers are really weird until you actually figure out like, oh, this is actually how you play it. Like, exactly. We we played with a guy in college. Uh, I think this was your first campaign DMing actually. Yep. And he played a sorcerer but did not play a sorcerer correctly. And so he played a sorcerer like a wizard. And so he didn't use any of his sorcery points ever um and like didn't really do anything with it and so he didn't have as much fun as he could have and it was a bummer to see but and that's something that if i could go back in the first campaign i played or even the second and third whatever but if a new player wants to play i would totally try to encourage them not to play a spell casting class unless it was like a paladin or a cleric type because spell casting in D D, it's a learning curve it's weird because at times. The, it, it is weird but i think the biggest thing is and i still do this as a dm with some of my npcs you never want to cast your spells thinking that you're not going to have any so you don't yeah. want to use them all and as a a good dm will watch that and give those abilities for short rest and long rest. Like they mm-hmm. will, they'll be able to gauge when you need one, when you don't, and push the limit. However, if you're a brand new DM like I was, and you didn't want to give your party long rests, <laughs> playing a spellcaster was hard and difficult because the minute you ran out of your spells, you're useless. Yeah, you can't do anything, especially a wizard. Yeah. And so I'm slowly learning now as a player, use your spells. If if you need more, you'll get more later. They'll come back, but use your spells when you need them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Another one of my classes that I would actually really love to to play again and someone's a class that I've actually put a lot of time into as well is Rogue. Um, I love playing a Rogue. Okay. Um, that like stealth, you know pop out do a stealth sneak attack aspect is super fun to me and so i love playing as rogues they're so fun what there's a rogue i'm playing right now in a play by post mm-hmm. and it is the swashbuckler oh nice it's so much fun because out of all the rogues swashbuckler does the thing that you're talking about where they just they jump in they stab something they have this uh, ability called fancy footwork and they can mm-hmm. basically, as a bonus action, disengage. And then they can basically leave, move away, do another bonus, or not another bonus action, but then they can hide. No, it's bonus action hide. Fancy footwork is just a reaction. They can uh, use their reaction to disengage. That's cool. And so, yeah, I was, I was going to say that all the rogues have the ability to bonus action disengage. Yeah. But that's cool that they have the reaction to, to disengage. That's dope. And then they have like a super unique like sneak attack where it's as long as you don't you don't have a teammate near you, you get sneak attack. Oh, interesting. So it's one of those that you really want to be kind of the solo jump in, stab, get out. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fun one to play. That's super fun. What's another one of yours that you're like, ooh, this is another one I'd play as. I really, so the first character I ever played was a druid mm-hmm. and I did not play the druid well at all. <laughs> well, to be fair, when we, when we first started playing, like all of the people we played with never played before yeah. and I was the most <laughs> experienced and I played like half a session, if that, maybe two sessions. <laughs> and so we were all kind of figuring it out as we went along and we had fun and that's all that mattered. But yeah. <laughs> Didn't really go anywhere after that, but from there, I never picked up Druid again. Druid was one that I was like, they sound so cool, but I just didn't like how I played it. It's probably going to be the same thing when I play it again. And so for the first time 
since starting, I've picked up Druid again. And so I played my first session about two weeks ago with my Druid. And it was so much fun. (laughs) And I think it's because I finally realized how Druids are supposed to be played. And Mm -hmm. I really did my research in the subclass that I picked. Yeah. And so I do think one of my favorite classes now is a Druid. Nice. And so I, it would be one that I would go back to more often. I will say, like, I've always actually, one of my friends, um, he plays, and he actually got me into D&D, and he had a lot, he loved, like, zany, like, weird builds. Okay. Like, things that were un, not a little unconventional, and one of his favorite ones was a, a, a barbarian. And so it was a okay. Druid that basically just turned, not even, like, actually a barbarian class, he just turned into a bear. <laughs> and like was just that's that was its thing you just you were a druid you transformed into a bear and you just charged into battle that's fun and you just like played a bear just mauling people and so i'm like that's fun <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> and so like i love like fun builds like that and i think druid gives you a lot of options for fun it does like unique things and so that's cool yeah I just wish that you would see more people play different subclasses of druids because when you do think druid, the most famous and the most used subclass is a circle of the moon. Yeah. Which is your typical druid, like transform into different creatures. That's their main ability, things like that, polymorph. But there's so many different subclasses that when you reflavor them, and when I say reflavor, I'm meaning like use the use the rule so if something does so much damage use that damage but reflavor the text like um if you have fireball as a spell reflavoring it could be well my wizard is more ice damage well maybe fireball is actually the ice but it's still doing the same role it's still doing whatever it just looks like it's ice instead of fire that's what i mean by reflavoring i enjoy doing that yeah, I think that's honestly really fun because it, like, it gives you more options as like, I want my character just to be this type of damage type, you know, and and if your DM is okay with that, like it gives you a fun little tweak on things and lets you exactly. like really be specialized almost um, to where you had a special uh, specification, um, which I think is cool. And it's almost like using a sword when you're a fighter, like you have your sword that you use, that's your weapon. And it's the same thing of like, oh, well, I'm a wizard that specialized an evocation but specifically in ice evocation where i know all the ice spells and i even reflavored like you said fireball to make it where it's an ice ball and it's all ice damage you know but it's the same text same you know range same damage like roll and dice wise but it's now ice damage instead of fire which i think is fun so yeah and then i i'm gonna actually jump on yours as well but i do think fighter is another good one i think it's super versatile depending on your subclass that you use and so that's another one that I would jump on if I only had a few hours to like make a character. Fighters are some of the easiest ones to like create something fun. Yeah. Um, my I had two more. My last two are Bard. Because I like okay. I've I've played a Bard in your campaign and it was my first Bard I ever played as, and it was actually a lot of fun. Um it was you honestly ended up just convincing so... one of the other players and you to like become a cook and like waiters at a restaurant that you yeah, didn't like, own. <laughs> yeah. We just started going. Um, and I think that was my favorite part is just like, this was my first high charisma character <laughs> and it was so fun just to be like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to do this and you're going to be okay <laughs> with it. Or I'm going to deceive you and you're going to be okay with this. And it was just so fun to run around and like be goofy, you know? Yeah. And so I think that was really fun about that. Um, and I think bards are like, are like you were saying, like some other classes are versatile i think bards are versatile they have magic they can be healers they can be you know they're support based but they can do a lot of different things like they can you can build them to be a tank of well pseudo tank um you can build them to be a a healer you can build them to be just a damage magic user yeah like they have such a versatility and potential to do a lot of different things and so i think having a bard is fun but the hard part is playing as a bard can be boring and weird if like you don't get into it in certain ways um and really think through it bards are a lot of fun at higher levels because you get all these really cool like high level spells Mm -hmm. but they are a support class 
Yeah. However, they're the most powerful support class. Like I would actually argue that bards, at, they grow exponentially in D anD. d The further you get in like levels, the more powerful they can become. Yeah, it's crazy. Bards are fun. Um, and then my last one I put was a monk, because okay, I played a monk once, and monks can be really fun. <laughs> yeah, like it can just punch things and be ridiculous and you got you get a lot of cool features playing as a monk and i think that's where the subclasses of monks shine yeah every subclass of monk feels different feels so different which i think is my favorite part is like you can have you can have on a in a party three monks and if there are three different subclasses they can be completely different in how they operate and what they do and their special like special um i can't think of the word right now but it's gone um which is fine <laughs> and so they can just all feel very different yeah and which i think is so cool and i think is so enjoyable um so that's some of like my my favorite classes what do you think are some of the best classes to play as i this so is not your favorite but just yeah. what do you think the best are this is not because it's one of my favorites but i'll, I'll explain why i say this one i do think the wizard is one of the most powerful classes in D&D. And the reason being is the way the spell works in Wizards. Um, so in spell casting, sorcerers only have sorcerer spells they can have. Warlocks only have a specific uh, warlock spells that they can have in their invocations. Um, clerics only have cleric spells. Paladins only have paladin spells. Wizards can have any spell they want and what's unique about them too is if they write it in their book so the idea behind a wizard is you can find a spell you can find a scroll you can find something and if you take the time to write it in your own book you can have hundreds of spells you have to pick and choose every time you rest what ones that you have prepared and ready to go Mm -hmm. but for for the most part a wizard has access to everything. So at one point, you can be an evocation wizard. And then maybe the next day you're like, I really want to like do a lot of illusion stuff. So you just flip through your book and like, oh, I have some illusion stuff. Let's prepare those. Yeah. And so... They have a lot of versatility in that regard. They do. The only downside to a wizard is they're very squishy at low levels. <laughs> uh, squishy just means that they have almost zero hit points. Like they are yeah. so like weak but that's why you have to play them at like a long range and basically just poke at people and be a support class because they can be a support and they can be a main but it's really just how you play it and so that's why i think wizards are some of the best very powerful at high levels but also just very versatile i think the hard part about wizards is one like you have to like research how they cast magic and how they do all that but then also, like, if you have a campaign where your your DM doesn't give you a lot of gold um, and a lot of money, as well as not a lot of opportunity to buy spells, true, they lose a lot of fun. And so, because I've like I've done a wizard one other time, like two times, and one of the times I like I didn't have like, and none of the shops had um, the opportunity to buy books, and I was like, oh well, I'm still having fun, but. I can't really buy a lot of books. <laughs> and, and so that was a bummer. And that's why I, I think having a veteran DM helps when you play a wizard. Yeah. Because they understand what magic is off limits and what's not. Like what will break games and what won't. Mm-hmm. And something that I've been doing uh, since we did our Salt Marsh campaign is I will have magic shops. But a lot of times prior to the session, I'll have like 15 items from varying scale of really powerful magic items to really small with the the gold attached to it. But when you get there, I'll either have the players roll or I'll roll secretly to determine five of those 15 items are actually in stock. Mm-hmm. That way it feels random every time you come in. There's always something new rotating within it. And I always make sure that those items are actually worth getting for at least one member of the party. So I'm always okay. looking at classes. I'm always looking at, oh, these boots of speed 
or these boots of stealth are going to help the rogue, but this cloak of invisibility might help the wizard. So I'm going to have that in the rotation depending on if they have enough gold or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is something that's hard as a wizard if you're like, I need more spells and the DM doesn't give you them. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. It, it's a hard it's a hard balance because it's also like, it's also a hard balance for the DM because it's like, I don't want to give you all of the spells ever and you just be this like impossible to defeat person because you're just like, yeah. spells, yeah, and, you know? And also depending on the spell, if, if you go to a magic store, I also did this in Saltmarsh where it's like, for a fee, a finder's fee, I will let you basically pay for them to go find that spell book and bring it to you. Mm-hmm. But it might take a week. So not only are you paying a little bit extra to get a high level spell, but you're going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah. And so I think that also helps balance things because, come on, if you're going to try to get a ninth level wish spell, you're going to pay a hefty price for it. Like, Oh, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I know my, where you're coming from, though. No, yeah. Um, one of the best classes, I think, especially in five e, especially if you're like a min max player, or even just like looking for a really good class, I think is paladin. And honestly, Ooh, like I, I yeah. really want to play a pal- like a pal- like legit paladin. I played a paladin once, but I didn't really put a lot of time into the backstory, so I didn't really enjoy the character that much because I didn't really know what the character was going to be like. I kind of just threw things together last minute and it wasn't as fun as it could have been if I put a lot more time and energy into it. Um, but for min maxing for just having a very good balance of magic and, and martial fighting and story paladins can be super fun to play as. And I think they're honestly one of the best classes right now. Yeah. And I think especially if you want to dive into the religion side of D and D and all the gods and depending on what world you're playing in, Paladins are really fun to do. Yeah. Um, oh, 100%. And even if you don't want to go into the religion side of things, because there's like the Oathbreaker or the mm-hmm. Oath of Redemption and some of these paladins that you could play without a god. Yeah. So, yeah, paladin definitely. When I see characters that are like overpowered, it's either paladins or fighters. Yeah. And yeah. fighters, I feel like, are a little more difficult to become overpowered, but you can obviously do it but it just takes a lot more thought from the player side. Paladins yeah. are a lot easier just to be like, oh, geez, you are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it just gets insane. And I, I guess jumping still on the religion side of things, I think clerics are also the best one of the best classes for me. Mm-hmm. So if number one's wizard, number two is cleric because cleric is the most versatile class. If you are looking for something that feels unique, regardless of subclass, it's cleric. You can pick any God you want for any cleric. You can make things kind of uh, mesh with any of them. All of them give you different spells and they all just feel so different from one another. Like a cleric Mm -hmm. of life domain is going to feel different from a twilight. It's going to feel different from a death or a grave or and I think it has the most subclasses, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, clerics have a ridiculous amount of subclasses. And I would agree, like, I think um, clerics are very, very versatile and are, like, look very different depending on how you build them. Um, I think kind of going along with that, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, is my third one was rogues and fighters, I think okay. are also versatile. So in the same way, like, the, the subclasses you pick for those ones also make them look very different and feel very different yes you know depending on what you pick and so i think those three are very versatile and you like you can play a cleric back to back you can play a rogue or a fighter back to back but you change that subclass and your backstory a little bit the character looks and feels and plays completely different than what the other one was there are 14 subclasses of cleric that are five jeez official 5e because that's not oh including Arcana or any like other source books yeah 
that's crazy i didn't realize it was 14 i thought it was gonna be like maybe seven eight nine yeah arcana death forge grave knowledge life light nature order peace tempest trickery twilight and war dang yeah (laughs) that's a lot um now one that has one of the fewest (laughs) of colleges I would say is the bard, but I think bard is one of the most powerful at late levels. So I would I would say bard is one of the best classes, especially if you have a party of like three or more. A bard is a great support. I would agree. I think bard is a great support. I think cleric is a um, can be a better support, um, but I think it also depends on like how your party and how your DM runs it. If if bard's going to be as powerful as it can be Um, because i think bard has has a lot of options and a lot of and i think that's what makes them strong is the options they have um, compared to a cleric because i feel like a cleric just heals or does some some support but i feel like a bard can do support and trickery in a better way of like debuffing um which i think some of their powerful aspects come from Mm -hmm. but i love playing a bard but if you're playing a role play heavy game I think bard, bards are great. Bards are awesome. Yeah. I love, you know, what you can do with a bard and like the role plays out of D&D. Yeah. Do you have any other um, classes you think are probably the best in D&D? My, I only had one more, but you already mentioned, which was wizard. Um, okay. And I think wizard, and I the reason I put them down is I think wizard can be so much fun to role play because um, you can just do such a versatile, like, role-playing aspect you could be that old gandalf style wizard of the old man of the oh a wizard is never late it arrives precisely <laughs> when he means to you know that style wizard but then you can also do the young up-and-coming wizard that like is eager to prove themselves and you know all of that and you have such a versatility and role-playing aspect but and also what we mentioned earlier which is like reflavoring the text of being like yeah i can i do only ice power you know, I, I do only ice or I do only lightning or fire or, yeah. you know, like, or only illusion or only this or only that, you know, you can have so much versatility in your role playing of like flavoring, reflavoring the text in a way. Um, that makes it really fun. So <laughs> <laughs> moving, a, moving away from classes though. So you can't have a class without a race. So you have Very to match true. everything kind of together. Personally, I don't think there's one best race in D&D, especially after Tasha's Cauldron of Everything came out. Kind of redid how races work, and you can really be any race with any stats now. Yeah, which I'm like, I go back and forth on whether I like that or not, because that made like choosing the races kind of fun of being like, oh, this race is good at this. And so that like you are naturally gifted in this compared to naturally gifted in that. And so I get why they did it because it makes it like, if you always wanted to play, you know, this race, you can do that without having crappy stats. So it makes it where you can cho- you can pair because there are certain races that pair with certain classes originally, yeah. and that worked in fun ways. But now it's like, oh, you could be, you know, this race. I can think of one like a gnome and play a fighter or a paladin now and not be like, yeah, oh, my racial stats have nothing to do with my class stats that i want so i get why they did it but but the races do still have their like unique traits so like aarakocra and owlings still fly gnomes are still small can fit into small spaces they also have cunning to them um halflings still have their luck ability um elves elves are a bit weird now because elves did have like more positive and specific skills yeah Um, They had a a versatility to them where like you could choose a couple different things you wanted depending on whatever and all the stuff else were else were fun. So what races do you typically go to? Like what are your favorite races to play? Yeah. Uh, So I went a lot with like half elves um, because I just thought they were fun. Um, You kind of get some fun little elf bonuses. You usually get like elf weapons or you get some spells or you get, you know, different things you know depending um and so i thought half else really fun 
Um, I always went before Tasha's. I always went um, as well as like human variant. Okay. Um, From because the you, you start off with a feet, which is so cool. And so <laughs> I love that. I love being able to start <laughs> off with a feet and it's so fun. Um, and so I always thought that was fun. Um, Aarakocra or Owling, you hated Aarakocras. Um, yeah. I the flying speed man as a DM you just hate characters that can fly 100 especially at level one yeah. like level one being able to fly it makes it so hard as a DM so I recognize that I'm, I'm getting better but still I used to so ban fun. that race I used to be <laughs> yeah, like you did. can't play Aarakocra they're not in my world but now it's like no if you want to be an Aarakocra I'll deal with it that's that's I want you to have fun and so I will find other abilities and other villains that are going to bring you down to the ground or yeah. are going to be up in the air with you so yeah which i think is fun um i had i played a two-person campaign um where i was like a fighter or something and the person i was playing with was an aarakocra ranger and so they would literally Dang. in the middle of fights i'd be on the ground you know toe-to-toe with whoever we were fighting and they would fly like 30 to 60 feet in the air with a longbow and just snipe them and i'm just like dang that's that's op uh, <laughs> it was dope though it was super fun um but yeah so i love that but a, a race that's actually growing on me a little bit and i just started playing as as this race is a warforged they're fun they're fun they're fun and unique and you're playing a robot it's so cool <laughs> <laughs> so that's really fun. I have a couple of races that I want to try to play, but I'll get into that in a second. But what are some of your favorite races? I have three that I find myself going to all the time. Anytime I DM, you're going to find an NPC as one of these races, always, because I love them. Don't know why. First one is the Furbolg. Once again, I don't know why. I like the Furbolgs. I don't. It was your first race you ever played as. It was. I had a Furbolg Druid. Yeah. And... I don't know. Like, I'm not like a big cow person. Like, <laughs> cows are cows. Like, I'm not like head over heel about a cow. But <laughs> furbogs are just interesting. They're they're cow people. I and, I will say I do like a lot of their like natural race abilities they get. Yeah, like the ability just to turn invisible once per day is awesome. They're also like, giant that's dope. kin. I think that's another reason I like them. They're like descendants of giants. So they, I say they're cow people. They're not actual cows. They look like cows, but they're really descendants of giants. Which is um, really funny that like people say like, oh, they look like cows. I never actually saw them like looking like cows in my opinion. Really? Yeah. I just like they have long ears, which I think is where like you kind of get some of the, like the long droopy. Probably. And, you know, yeah. the, maybe the longer face. And so I think that's where people saw it. But I was I never saw a furball like at least on like different websites and the books and stuff and been like, oh, yeah, that looks like a cow. You know, like I just never saw that. So I always thought that was interesting that people said that. Uh, the other race that I always go to is elves. Doesn't matter what type of elf, half elf, yeah. high elf, wood elf. And Elf's that's another big one for me too. Honestly, in fantasy things, I always go elf. If I'm playing a yeah. game like Skyrim, I am typically an elf. It's just I like the magic races and the things that give me buffs in magic. And elves are typically that way. And I like most of the time how elves are portrayed in fantasy. Yeah. So that's why I do those. But the current one that I'm playing, I love tortles. I think tortles are, are so cool, especially their high AC at low levels mm-hmm. is just insane. It's so nice. Yeah. Turtle, turtles are fun. I've never actually played a turtle. Um, if I was, I'd probably play like a turtle cler- cleric or something and make it where yeah. he moves really slowly because <laughs> i just think that'd be fun like an old turtle cleric that's just around to heal people with a staff almost like uh what's the kung fu panda turtle master uguay master uguay like i'd almost do like a master uguay style <laughs> guy i just think that'd be fun <laughs> yeah so you said you wanted to try some races you haven't played yet which ones are those yeah so there are a couple of races that i like i see that i'm like that would be super interesting or i've tried like for half a second and I'd like to do a full campaign with. Um, one of them is a gnome. I've just never okay. played as a gnome. And I think it'd be fun to make a little short like gnome. Yeah. Um, almost like I think it'd also be fun to make a, like a gnome fighter. 
and almost make him look like a Napoleon <laughs> complex. You know, like his flaws cool. that he can't back down from a fight. And anytime someone insults him, he just like goes and fights him. Um, I think that'd be really fun. I've also wanted to do a changeling um, okay. where they like shape shift, you know, where they can change their appearance. Like, I think that'd be super fun um, and super interesting. Almost like a bar changeling or something like that, where it's like, that'd be cool. You're constantly shifting and changing appearances and that I just think it'd be super fun. Um, I think tabaxis are really interesting. Like, tabaxis the are cat fun. people. Like yeah. I played it. I played a tabaxi for like half a second one time. Um, and it was a monk tabaxi and it was super fun to play as, but I made it to where, um, his like quirk was he always pulled out a, a, a ball of a yarn. ball of yarn. I remember yeah, this like, character. And it was so cool. He just pulled out a ball <laughs> of yarn and played with it. And so like, I just think it'd be so fun to play a tabaxi again. Cause I never like, I played like maybe two sessions with this tabaxi and if that, and so I think one it'd be of, so cool to play tabaxi. One of my favorite tabaxis is our friend, Michael. He's currently playing one that is a Oh man, is he a sorcerer or a cleric? He's a cleric. He's Twilight Domain cleric. Um, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his whole quirk is that he believes that his catnip gives him the abilities for magic. So anytime <laughs> so he, funny. anytime he does magic, he has to sniff the the catnip and he gets a bit high with it, and then he can do magic. <laughs> <laughs> which is so creative like well done man well done for that creativity um and then my last couple i kind of paired these together i always think it'd be fun to be a lionin or a loxodon i've played a loxodon before it was very briefly and they're they're fun characters they yeah they also have that high ac that um turtles have oh yeah i just always thought it'd be fun to play one of those like they're just very different you know like one's a lion yeah. and one's an elephant like it'd be so fun and if I ever played a Loxodon, I feel like I'd use his trunk as the thing that holds his weapon. Okay. Just because I think it'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Is there any races that you're like, I've always wanted to try to play as? I've never done a Tabaxi as a full campaign. So that would be one that I would want to play. Um, there, there's races that I just never had any interest in, like orcs. I've never been an orc. Mm kind of fan yeah my first i've played a half orc and i've my very first session i ever played as was i think a half orc or an orc um and i think it kind of depends on the world you're in if they'd be yeah. more fun to play as or not genasis are ones that i've been wanting to play a little bit more genasis are interesting and so i think that again too i think it also depends on the world too because you could have a really interesting world that's built around like the Genasis, because they have a very interesting culture in, in the Forgotten Realms of D&D. And I think if the, the DM does a really good job of showing those, a Genasi could be super fun to play as. Yeah. What are some... Well, I know this answer because they're in my campaign. But True. <laughs> while we kind of wrap up, would you talk about maybe some characters that you've you're currently playing? You don't have to go too in depth and stuff but what are some races and classes you decided that you're wanting to play yeah so i currently have two players um two characters going right now um and you do know the answer to both these because they're both in your campaigns <laughs> um i have one of them which is a warforged gunslinger uh named charlie um <laughs> and so <laughs> he's so fun um and so he's just a robot that is i know nothing about his backstory this is that's my favorite thing about this character is i want <laughs> it's to my try, favorite thing too it's so fun <laughs> i i want to try when we were talking about this campaign and i was like i want to make it to where this character woke up after hundreds of years and has no idea who he is and his whole shtick is he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out, like, what was he created for? What was his purpose? Who created him? Like, what is going on? And that's his whole thing. And so he woke up session one, or even session zero, actually, woke up, had no idea what was going on, <laughs> and, in like, didn't invent guns, but had guns. You know, his body just kind of produced them because he's a robot. And so that's his whole thing. And it's going to so be I fun when we really get started. It's going to be dope. So that's one of the characters I'm running with. And then the other one is I'm actually about to start um, this character in probably the next couple of weeks in our play by post. 
which is an Owling Lycan Blood Hunter. So it's the new uh, one of the new classes from Critical Role, and so he's an Owling. He's a Blood Hunter, and his subclass is the Lycan Lycan subclass, and his transformation is into an owl bear. So it's so fun. So I'm just really excited that he's an owling that turns into an owl bear. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's going to be dope. So those are the, the characters I'm currently playing as. <laughs> and my new character that I'm playing is a turtle, a uh, turtle druid. He is the circle of spores druid, which has been so unique and really fun to kind of like really get into. I'm not going to really get into my backstory as much because I know uh, some of the players listen to this and <laughs> currently it's a little unknown to them what I'm actually doing. Ooh, so, Johnny, you thought that you would be getting my backstory, but you didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun testing some new stuff out and uh, Circle of Spores and Circle of Stars Druid those are the two to keep an eye out for. Like those are fun druid subclasses. That's dope. Um, but yeah, I love D and D. So does Trey. It's been really fun to um, kind of dive in and grow as players and as DMs. And like D and D has become something that we both really enjoy playing. And so if you've ever played, I recommend maybe finding a group or finding people to play with. Cause it's really fun. And, most of the community when it comes to D&D is super welcoming and just want to have fun together exactly. messing around and laughing. And so it's a very easy community to kind of step into and feel welcomed. Um, most, I won't say everyone, because, you know, there are some people out there that are weird, but most of the community is is extremely welcoming to questions and want to just get people involved in games and having fun and laughing and being a part of it um so yeah so if you're interested you can also message us on instagram about anything about questions when it comes to D D, or you know questions about our characters or about you know maybe you're making a character and you want some advice or want some you know have some ideas you want to throw off somebody feel free to send us a message and ask us our thoughts and we'd love to to be involved in that because that's honestly some of our favorite part about D is the character creation process. absolutely it's so much fun um, but yeah, and or if you just want to keep talking about D&D, maybe you want to be on the show and talk about it with us, send us a message. Follow us on Instagram, like, follow the show, share it with your friends, share it with your D&D party. We release episodes every Monday, 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 and we love talking about stuff, because you know, it's all geek to me.